All right. So um, it's good to, to see you guys again. Let's today. I, I've got something that's really heavy on my heart, and um, prayed about it, and I feel like the Lord really wants to correct some thinking. You know, I went um, to Wichita Falls recently, Wichita Falls, Texas, and you know. I came up across some very hurt people, very offended people. Um, there was a, a lady I went to go pray for in the middle of Walmart, and she's walking with this cane. And <clears throat> I go up to her and I asked her, said, "Well, before I even went up to her, she was actually looking at me, and uh, kind of weird, like almost like she was afraid." And I. Anyway, I, I felt like I should go ahead and go over there and pray for her. So I went over there, man, and uh, my dad was actually with me. And um, Man, I just hit a brick wall. I'll tell you what. We went up to there, and I said, Ma'am, um, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you, and I want to know if I can pray for you. What's going on with your body? She said, I had a stroke, and if God really cared about me, he wouldn't have given me three strokes. You know, there's a big problem with this teaching that we have that God's in control of everything and it is destroying people's lives let me tell you something there is a reason for everything that happens okay there is but it depends on who it's coming from we we throw around this uh, cliche phrase and it really is hurting people it's not helping people it's a lie and it's not setting people free okay we, we we look at it and say everything happens for a reason. Look, I'm telling you right now, um, if something good has happened to you, it's from God, okay? And if it's good, it's to, it's, it's to show you how much He loves you. And I'm here to tell you right now, if something evil has come against you to destroy your life, it's not from God. And I'm going to show you in the scriptures. It's not from God. Um, the reason that that awful thing has happened to you is not. There is a reason. But it's not from God. It's a, it's a demonic reason. The reason is to destroy your faith. And that woman is a prime example of how she thought, she was told that everything happens for a reason, that God's in complete control of everything. And now the devil has taken that truth and has destroyed her. It's destroyed her faith. And, and I'm going to address one scripture here that we take out of context very often. Um, in Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We have, uh, we have to quit misquoting scripture, guys. We have to quit twisting scripture to fit our own preconceived notions. I'm, 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 you know, I was tempted to be mad. When I, when I read this verse in context today, I was praying to the Lord, and I've been using this scripture to help people overcome their lack of faith, saying, God's ways are higher than your ways. God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Stop depending on your own understanding, and you need to start trusting what the Word of God says. I've been using that scripture, you know, uh, to, to show people that we've got to believe beyond our own understanding. We have to have faith beyond our own understanding. However, there's some people that use this scripture... Okay, to excuse a tragedy, to say, well, something awful happened in your life. Well, God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's ways are higher than your ways. In other words, God's in control of everything. 
and then everything happens for a reason. And you know, I was praying about it, and meditating on it when I was driving. I was I was coming back to Brownwood today, and I thought to myself, "No, Father, I know that's not what that scripture means. That scripture is not to say that at all." And it broke my heart. And I was I was seeking God, and I said, "Lord, I'm going to go look that up. I'm going to find out what it's really saying." And man, God is so good. I'm telling you what, God is so good. Look, again, we have to misquote. We have to quit misquoting scriptures. It says. Um, uh, you know, sometimes we, we use that verse to comfort people in a time of tragedy and to say, you know, that God had a reason for everything to happen. Look, when we misinterpret Scripture, when we interpret Scripture based off our own experience or off somebody's experience, okay, we literally commit the devil's offense. We commit the devil's offense that he did, okay, in the desert. When the devil was tempting Jesus in the desert. And he took scripture and he twisted it. And he took Jesus' circumstances and he, he, he tried to take Jesus' circumstances and tried to twist scripture to appease or to tear down Jesus' faith in the wilderness. Okay? Um, he was using the, the scripture and twisting it to tempt Jesus to go on a path of no faith. Alright? We cannot do that, guys. We cannot. It's destroying people's lives. It's not helping them. We think that we can tell somebody something very comforting or whatever, and we think we're comforting them. The truth is we don't know the truth. You know, if you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know. Okay? If you don't know the answer, just say, I don't know. Don't go up to them and, and try to and tell them something that's not actually truth. It's, it's destroying people. And that's really where my heart is. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, help me not be angry about this. You know, I, I don't want to be angry. And the Lord gave me compassion. You know, there's people that just don't know the truth. It says in the Word, my people die for lack of knowledge. So that's what I, this whole um, this whole um, teaching is about, is to help us have real knowledge, okay? So, we need to read Isaiah 55 in context. That's what we're talking about. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. we got to read that in context. Alright, so let's go back a couple chapters. Isaiah 53, okay? Isaiah 53 is talking about Jesus and his death and, and what he had paid for. He paid for your sin and he paid for your sickness, okay? That's Isaiah 53. Isaiah 54, talks, it follows um, Isaiah 53 and says, it talks about how God will establish his covenant. He will establish his covenant of peace and will no longer be angry. He will no longer chide and he will no longer send evil upon us. Because, see, God is not a God of... Whenever he was talking about after Jesus and his death, he'll establish it in a new covenant. A new covenant. Where in this new covenant, there will no longer be anger and wrath. God will no longer send those things upon us. It will no longer be the will of God for us to suffer calamity and tragedy and sickness and, and depravity, okay? Um, it's, it's awesome. It really is. It says actually in there, it says, If anyone fiercely assails you, it's not from me, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's in Isaiah 54. Okay, read the whole thing. Read the whole thing. It's awesome. Isaiah 55 continues with, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And come to the waters. Watch this. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligent to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. So he's continuing with Isaiah 54 that says, I will establish you in a covenant of peace. My covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Um, Isaiah 54 verse 14, In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it's not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I created the smith who blows fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy, but no weapon that's formed against you shall succeed. It's awesome. Okay, so that's Isaiah 54. So Isaiah 55 continues and says, Come, everyone who thirsts for waters. Okay, and it says, And I will make with you an everlasting covenant. So it's talking about how Jesus died. And it's talking about in those days I'll establish you in, in, in Isaiah 54. I'll establish you in a covenant of peace and in my righteousness I will establish you. And then Isaiah 55 says, But you must come. You must come. Okay. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall not, you shall call a nation that you do not know. Guess what, guys? He's not just extending it to the Israelites. He's just extending it to other nations. It's awesome. Behold, you shall call a nation that you, shall, that you do not know, and a nation that you do not know shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the righteous man his thoughts. <laughs> Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's the setup, guys. We're talking about a compassionate God who's full of mercy, who's going to love us beyond our wildest dreams, who's going to say, who is, is going to do the impossible. He's going to have compassion and mercy upon us. The impossible, the God of righteousness, the God of justice, is now going to be the God of mercy. Okay? The impossible is about to happen. And this is where he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your uh, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And he goes on to talk about even more beautiful things. It's awesome. It's so beautiful. Alright. Guys, we got to read it in context. My thoughts are higher than you. His thoughts are full of compassion. And freedom. And mercy. And the thing is, he's talking to the people of Israel, saying, you can't possibly understand what I'm talking about. A, a, a mercy and a love and a compassion so brilliant, so abundant, so wonderful. We have to stop using this verse, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, to console those in tra tragedy. It's not about that, okay? It's a bad verse for that. This verse is a verse of hope that God is merciful, not that He condones your tragic situation, or that He willed your tragic situation, or that everything happened for a reason, okay? That's not what this verse is about. It, it would con, it would con, it would contradict his word, in the previous chapter in Isaiah 54 that says God doesn't send those things upon you. You see, 
we can't we can't be misquoting a scripture based off our experience and then and then by having chance we actually contradict the previous chapter because we failed to read it in context okay so when somebody goes through a tragedy you can't go over and say well God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts God's ways are higher than your ways everything must have happened for a reason no because the very chapter before that says God didn't send that upon them okay We've got to get this. This truth will set people free. When we finally realize that God's not sending things upon us, that what he's really talking about is his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In other words, God's mercy is higher than we can think of. God's compassion is higher than we can think of. God's uh, desire to set people free is higher than we can imagine. That's the context of this verse. That is the context we must interpret it. Stop interpreting scripture based off your experience. Stop doing that. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Let, let Scripture transform your thinking. <laughs> Don't allow your wrong thinking to change the meaning of a Scripture that you failed to read in context. For His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It's talking about believing for the impossible. That's what it's talking about. It would seem impossible for God to be merciful and loving in our minds, we think that God is just so just full of justice, you know. In our minds, we think that justice ought to be served and, and that we should accept tragedy when God's saying there is hope of salvation. We should humble ourselves and submit to this word. We don't have to accept tragedy. We, we can accept mercy, okay. God does not want to keep us guessing. That's the problem with many people, is that they don't know the will of God. This right here, this whole thing, this is the will of God. You want to know God's will? Read it. That's the perfect will of God. Okay? He's not keeping us guessing. You're keeping yourself depraved when you don't read it. God's not hiding it from us. Look, it's right here. It's all right here. You want to you know how I know this? He wants us to graciously give us all things according to Romans 8.32. He has revealed to us his mystery of his thoughts. In Isaiah 58, 55. Watch this. It's in Jesus. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What thoughts? Jesus. What thoughts? Salvation. What thoughts? The fullness of the gospel. Don't, you don't believe me? Look in Paul, Paul's writings. It says in Ephesians. It says in Ephesians chapter 1. It says that he has given us access to the mysteries of God's will. Read, check this out. Ephesians 1 verse 3 and 7 through 10 says... Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. We're talking about His wisdom and His insight, His thoughts being higher than our thoughts. Verse 9, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. What's the mystery, guys? What are the thoughts that are higher than our thoughts? It's Christ. It's Jesus. It's, it's redemption. It's healing. It's forgiveness of sins. That's the mystery. According to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite things, all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. Guys, we don't have to keep guessing. 
God has given us the answer. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. The truth is, it's hard for us to grasp that truth. It's difficult for us to grasp that truth. That's why his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's why his ways are higher than our ways. Because we can't fathom his love. We can't fathom his love. But you know what? He doesn't want us to be um, not knowing that. He, it says in Ephesians that we can have access to that. Making known to us the mystery of his will. God wants to make known to you the mystery of his will. Look, if you don't know the mysteries of his will, it's okay. We can get to know it. You know how you get to know it? You get to know Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. The more you spend time with Jesus, the more revelation you'll get to know about his love. The more time you spend time with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, the more he will show us that we can set the captives free. I prayed for a, a lady today and her husband. Uh, and I was actually walking through Walmart. I suffered the rejection from the woman the day before who had that stroke and said, God did this to me. And then I went into Dillard's and I, pray, I, I looked at a man who was limping and I said, you have problems with your, your hip and your, and your legs? And he goes, yeah, I do. And, uh, and I didn't get a word of knowledge. I, I just knew he was having problems. Um, and he says, yeah, I do. I'm going through therapy. And I said, can I pray for you? Because Jesus loves you. He goes, no, I don't want a religion. He just rejected me. You know, I didn't really know how to respond to that at first. And I'm praying that God will give me wisdom on how to approach those situations. And I was discouraged a little bit. And I said, you know what, God, I don't want to be discouraged. Father, I love you. And you know, I can't be discouraged. I'm in Christ. I can't suffer rejection because you've accepted me. And so, you know, I said, forget it. I'm going to pray for that man. So I prayed for that man. I prayed for that woman who rejected me. And I went on with my life. And I said, Father, who else can I minister to? Who else can I love? And I was walking by this man who was in a wheelchair and 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 I, I felt like the Lord showed me car wreck well um, I went up I, I was nervous you know of course because I've been rejected you know I was just hitting these these brick walls with these people they weren't letting me pray for them and I've been seeing God heal so many people and I said you know I'm gonna overcome this fear because I'm gonna be obedient to what the Word of God says I don't care what I see with my eyes because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts his ways are higher than my ways and so I went up to the man I said uh, he was coming out and his wife was there and uh, he was getting out of the wheelchair, and his wife was getting in the wheelchair, and she had this thing all over her body. And I said, uh, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, you know, I just, you all know Jesus loves you. And they said, oh, yes, we do. I said, you know what, that's awesome. I said, I just want to be obedient. I feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you. And I said, what happened? And he said, well, she got in a car wreck. And I said, that's so awesome that I, you know, not that, that's nothing awesome. I said, you know, what's funny is that God showed me there was a car wreck involved. And, you know, I'm just being obedient. And, um, but you're not in the car wreck, sir? And he goes, no, I had a surgery. So I, and his leg was messed up and, uh, and so on and so forth. I don't have time to go through the whole story. And I prayed for his leg and I said, you know, let me pray for your leg because God wants to heal you. I prayed for his leg and I prayed for her that her entire body would be healed. And, you know, I did not see the miracle happen right then. But I believed anyway because the word says that and we don't believe with what we see. We believe according to the word of God. And I prayed for him right then. I just spoke to him. I gave him on the website that I have, uh, boldwithlionministries.com. And I, I gave him, uh, I showed him where to go for YouTube so they could watch the testimonies of people being healed. But you know what, guys? I didn't tell them, oh, everything happens for a reason. You know, I told them the truth. I told them that God came to set them free. I told them the truth. And I said, you know what? If we don't see the miracle, it's not because you didn't have faith. It's because I don't have faith. You know, it's because I have some unbelief in me and God's working that out of me. And you know what? Um, we're going to believe that you're healed in Jesus' name. 
and I prayed for them. And I, I, I said, you know what, we can't blame God for what happened to us because God didn't will that for them to happen. I didn't tell them everything happened for a reason. You know what I told them? I told them the truth. I told them that God wants to set them free. And I said, God wants to heal you right now. I'm going to pray for your healing right now. Because, you know, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways because he's full of compassion and mercy and salvation. Jesus is that mystery. Okay, Jesus is the mystery. We can't be, we cannot interpret scripture based off of our experience. We have to interpret scripture based off of scripture. And just because we went through a tragedy and a hard time doesn't mean that God willed it for us to happen. That's, that is a Greek, a Greek teaching. That's not in the Bible. Okay, God, it's not in the Bible. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God has given us the, the, the ministry of hope, of salvation, of healing. Of, of, of forgiveness and we cannot forsake our hope for the sake of a comfortable gospel we cannot forsake the truth that sets us free because we want to appease our mind and make us feel comfortable in our mind simply because we don't understand and we can't take scripture out of context because we don't understand something this scripture is talking about God's salvation God's deliverance God's redemption God's healing and that it's higher than our understanding. And we have to trust in the Word of God. And we have to trust in Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who gave it to us. Be blessed, saints. Go out there, man. Love on people. And don't don't let the Scripture come in and with the devil um, twisting it. And don't be somebody who goes out there and twists Scripture just so that we can appease somebody's understanding. Okay? Um, we have to interpret Scripture and Scripture. And God is so awesome. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are Jesus. His thoughts are Jesus. And if you want to know those thoughts, you got to know Jesus. You've got to study Jesus. You've got to look at Jesus. You've got to, you've got to meditate in His life and watch what He's doing. You can't accept anything less. Alright? It's awesome. God's good. God be blessed.